0: What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Finance for Physicians podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wren. Join me as we dig into what it looks like for physicians to begin using their finances as a tool to live better lives. You can learn more about our resources at financeforphysicians.co. Let's jump into today's episode. What's up, guys? Thanks for joining me again. I uh, am excited to talk today about a pretty big topic. It, it comes up, seems like it comes up quite a bit uh, either in my work with the uh, with planning clients, or just in general, seems like a kind of a hot topic. And so the topic we're going to cover today is when you're married, whether or not you should combine your finances and maybe a little bit about what that looks like. So I'm excited to talk through this today. I know lots of different opinions on this and and we'll kind of talk through what that might look like. So let's jump into that now. Okay. So we're going to talk about managing finances is a married couple. And so we're, we're assuming you have uh, tied the knot, you're you're married, you and your spouse are um, in it for the long haul. And, you know, there's, if you're early in on the game here, uh, you know, usually at the very beginning, there's sometimes there's a question of whether or not to combine finances. And you kind of knock that out on the front end of, you know, pulling things together. Other times, I think, uh, people just have a lot going on and they just kind of keep things separate, um, just haven't gotten around to it or whatnot. Uh, that's a common situation. And then in other cases, you, you maybe you do work through that thought process and you're like, no, we're going to keep things separate and um, you, you're on down the road and, and moving on with life. So we're going to talk through um, what the pros and cons are of combining versus not combining and maybe what that might look like for your marriage. So I think, first of all, maybe we start with what are good reasons for separating finances? And I've had this conversation quite a bit with people uh, or couples in in my work. And it seems like, and even I've thought of these things myself uh, in my own finances, but I think the big reasons that come up uh, for people uh, wanting to keep their Money separate. I think it's important to, to look at those and talk through those. So the bi- big ones I hear coming up. Maybe you want to keep some stuff private from your spouse, like gifts. This is, they all. Uh, I always hear the example being like, especially when the other spouse, when both spouses are present. This is always how it's worded. It's funny how it, it gets worded differently depending on whether or not both spouses are present. But when um, both spouses are present in the conversation, typically the reason here is I want to be able to surprise my spouse with gifts. And so I think it's important to have separate finances or at least a separate account so that I can make some purchases without, uh, them knowing about it. So that, that's a pretty common reason. Another reason I hear is maybe, maybe I just want to spend without scrutiny or criticism or finger pointing or whatever, or, uh, Another one, and this is not always, it's a little harder to get to this reasons people aren't as comfortable sharing this, but another common reason is maybe there's unequal spending habits or maybe even unequal income. Maybe maybe one spouse makes a lot more than the other spouse or one sp- spouse stays at home and there's some, you know, deeper discomfort with that, that inequality of income or spending. And oftentimes that drives people to completely separate it, um, especially if both spouses are earning income. Another reason that comes up is maybe one spouse is better with money and the other spouse. And so, you know, why not have the spouse that's better with managing money, just go ahead and manage all the finances. And then another, this is probably the less they definitely doesn't come up when both spouses are present typically but this is kind of the other side of the spectrum of I want to have separate finances to give gifts maybe I also want to have separate finances so that I can hide some spending uh, that I don't want my spouse to know about so that's that's also a reason that comes up a lot so those are you know valid reasons and definitely worth considering but I think so When it comes down to it, money is one of those, one of the biggies I would say in life. And the biggies, what I mean, they either, like in your marriage, they're going to either, you know, how you navigate money, for instance, it's either going to pull you together or push you apart. And I think that's why this is so important to think about how you're going to do this is ideally you're, you know, if you want to stay married forever in if you want to make it kind of a long-term thing, you really need to think about, is this going to, how you manage your finances, is it going to pull you together or push you apart? And so I I personally believe it is better to operate as one unit or kind of pull everything together in most cases. And I want to talk about why to kind of help you understand that. Now, I understand there are Um, you know, there's definitely exceptions and tendencies and I respect different people have different views on things, but, um, I'm going to talk through kind of my reasoning behind this and hopefully clarify this a little bit more. So first reason I bring this up occasionally in conversation, in podcast episodes, the Bible definitely clearly spells out that, you know, when you get married, it's like to become one or one flesh or one unit. It's, it's very clearly, articulated in the Bible in multiple sections. I bring this up occasionally. I think when it comes down to big issues like this, everybody has their kind of ultimate source uh, of reason or purpose, and that's mine. Now, everybody, you know, obviously is is um, going to have, you're fair to have your own differing opinions on this, and I respect that completely. Um, but for me personally, I have to, when I really peel back the layers on things like this, like biggies and you know, with marriage or, or money, um, I'm going to consult, you know, that that's going to be kind of my, you know, a big, huge piece of the puzzle as, as far as how, what, what the advice is there. So it's definitely very clear in the Bible about operating as one unit and that bringing, it's not even a negotiable thing. It's like, that's how it works. When you get married, you, be, when, you know, two become one, you tie the knot, you operate as one flesh. That's that's the way it works. That's the first reason. Second reason is just my own personal experience of transitioning from you know being single, and I was single for a while while working and had you know multiple years of taking care of my finances, and then early in marriage, and then now being married for quite a while, over ten years now, uh, and so my experiences over time have really reinforced this view of it's better to operate as one unit. As a single guy, I uh, you know, operated as one unit, but there was no other, nobody else was looking at it. So there were some definite downsides there. And you know, as I got married early on, it was a little bit of a challenge to kind of pull that together. But over time, it's definitely pulled us together. And the third big reason that I personally believe this is better is, is just in watching our clients' experiences so I have, you know, the privilege of working with about you know, 100, 125 families personally, and then our firm uh, serves two, 225, 250 families. And our experience has been very unanimously in favor of better outcomes when com- finances are combined kind of like completely and viewed as like one unit. It seems to really kind of pull people together. It also... And I'll talk more about this in a second. It also can uh, shed light on some big major issues that are are problematic. Now, I think they're, in our experience, they're issues that needed to come up. And it's something you're going to have to address eventually. And it's you know more the sooner the better. And part of these issues potentially could have come about because of uh, having you know, separate finances. So really, if you look at it, like when I talk about, you know, one unit or one flesh or combining things, really, I'm, I'm talking about like completely sharing everything together. So when I say, you know, I think it's better to have to operate your finances combined or together, what I mean is completely. So like literally having everything as looking at it as one so, you know, one, it's our uh, money and our plan and our goals and our future and, and our decisions, our financial decisions. So you're viewing it as one uh, unit, two people coming together to pull pull resources and, and operate as one unit. And it allows you to really share everything together financially, I think, you know, that. so that's just... For clarification purposes, that's what I mean by kind of one operating as one. Now, when you start to look at the keys to a good marriage, I think that this is important to kind of explore. Like, what is, what are those characteristics that you look for in a good marriage? And going back to some of the issues I alluded to earlier, uh, when finances are separate, it makes it a lot easier and allows for some of these these big you know issues to be kind of flying under the radar it allows you to dodge some of these these big issues I'll talk through and it, it really can cause some major problems but the keys to having a good marriage first of all you know, everybody knows these but you know you got to be communicative you have a, you got to have a very open conversational or you have to talk about the big issues really is what what it comes down to. You have to talk through the big issues. And when you're operating finances as one, it really kind of like forces you to talk about the big issues. You kind of have to, which is a good thing. It's kind of painful sometimes. Everybody, I mean, and everybody has selfish tendencies at times and um, I feel them, you know, myself. And But when you really pull uh, your money together, you're going to be forced to talk about uh, big issues, and on the flip side, when you're not combining finances, you don't really have to talk about them as much. I mean, maybe they're going to come up eventually, but you're you're not. It's not pushing you to talk about issues. So I'll give you an example. Maybe one spouse uh, has a likes to go to the track and, and, and bet on horse racing or, or something like that. And um, maybe they know it's probably not the healthiest hobby. And they know that their spouse will um, would probably not approve of it. And so if they're operating finances completely separate or, you know, they're, they're the only one looking at it or they have their own separate accounts, Um, that's going to allow that sort of um, issue to kind of fly under the radar. You're not going to really have to talk about it. And so it can now, you know, maybe you take care of the issue yourself and you work through it and that can happen, but it's a lot harder when you don't have anyone else seeing it. It's like you're in the dark a little bit. And so when you pull your finance together, it kind of like shines lights on things. And so it forces you to talk about it. So um, same issue, you, you know, you gamble on a little bit, maybe it's getting a little out of control, maybe not, but it's, it's something you are struggling with. And when you, as soon as you combine finances, you're going to be, um, it's going to come up. I mean, they're going to, this other spouse is going to see it and it's going to force conversations. They'll be painful potentially, but it's going to force you to address those issues and work through them much sooner than otherwise because the light was shined on them and that's generally a good thing for marriage i think my uh, experience with marriage is that it's it's unreasonable to say there's not going to be issues it's just more about like what are your flavors of issues going to be you're going to have like and even big things like you're going to run into major problems um it's more about like how you're addressing them and or if you're even talking about them in the first place and so Operating as just kind of like one household unit financially, it's going to bring these topics definitely to the table much faster. The second big thing, if we're looking at like good marriages, characteristics, transparency is a big deal, and which breeds trust. So transparency and trust is kind of all uh, together. I mean, I think everybody would agree that's a good thing for marriage. And so when you uh, operate as one unit, it's kind of like, So going back to some of the reasons you might not operate as one unit, uh, people will often say maybe one spouse spends too much money or maybe we don't see eye to eye on things. And so often what happens is the spouse that is voicing these concerns like I am uh, better with money and the other spouse spends too much money, it can be really, when you peel back the layers, it's like, I don't trust them to uh, manage the money. So it's really when you're transparent with your finances, you're in a, in a lot of the ways saying, I trust you. Whenever you reveal all your stuff to anyone, it's an act of trust. And so whenever you hide things, it pulls you away from trust. And so operating as one unit, it's basically saying I'm completely transparent, like all my stuff is here, it's together, you know, everything I know. And it pulls it, it breeds a trust, trustworthy and sort of setup. Whereas if you're separating them, it can cause even if there's no issues, even if there's no uh, problems happening, when your finances are separate, it's going to be um, opaque, you know, the opposite of transparent, you're going to your mind might just go there. Like, I wonder what they're doing with their money. Or, you know, if your marriage starts having trouble, you're going to say, well, you know, maybe they're seeing someone else or, you know, spending their money on that. And I just, I wonder what, what's happening there. And it can, it can really um, cause problems there. Um, And so ideally, you have that transparent setup. And then there's the accountability aspect. So and these all kind of go together, but when you um, share your stuff with someone and you're talking about things and you're everybody has their challenges, like the, the gambling thing, like everybody has their stuff. I mean, nobody's nobody's perfect. In fact, we're far from perfect. And so when you have those issues, if if you're um, sharing everything, it's there if you're sharing everything and, and you you're also doing it in a loving way. There's going to be accountability that comes with having, uh, you know, a teammate, you know, when you're operating with your spouse, and they're going to help you to navigate some of the tricky aspects of life. And so if, say, for example, you're, you know, you're a spender. And so one view would say, well, if, if I'm a spender, then maybe we need to keep, finances separate because I'm going to cause problems. Uh, it's going to cause problems if we combine finances because my spouse is a saver. And so why not let my spouse have their account separate so that they can do their saving thing? And then I'll have my account separate so that I can do my spending thing. I make my money, they make their money. And that's going to allow, it's going to restrict me from spending you know, their money. That makes sense. I mean, it sounds sounds reasonable. But the problem is you're coming from a stance of their money, my money. And also, there's not really much. That's kind of like acknowledging I'm a spender and I'll always be a spender. But another way to look at it is, well, um, you know, maybe I have spending tendencies. I'm a spender. My spouse is a saver. But what if uh, by combining the aspect of sharing things and talking about it actually makes me less, uh, you know, less of a spender, um, I am improved or a better version of myself, because of the fact that that someone else is looking at my finances. And also I myself know that someone might even be looking at my finances. And that helps me to kind of think a little bit more about it. Because a lot of times when you're a spender, for example, you just sometimes you just need a little tiny thing to help you make a big improvement. And, and that might only just be like somebody else might be looking at my finances and seeing what I'm doing. So um, there's two views on all this stuff. I think accountability is a very good thing. when you is it, As long as you're doing it in a loving manner and not, and accountability, you know, you can easily slip into like finger pointing. So you don't want to go there. But accountability definitely will help um, in a marriage. And I think most people would agree it's, it's a good thing. And then there's the equality aspect when you're pulling your finances together and you're operating as one unit, it kind of like helps dissolve some of those natural issues. So going back to some of the reasons I mentioned why people maybe don't combine finances, big one that comes up is my spouse makes more money than I do. I make less money. And so that can be you know a challenging topic. And when when you operate finances separately and especially when you're completely separate and it's like, you spend your money, I spend my money. Um, it can, it can amp that up even it can make it worse. Whereas when you're operating, you just say, we're going to combine everything and we're going to look at it as our money. It's kind of like saying to your spouse, like you're valued, you're an equal, You basically you're an equal shareholder to everything. So we're, we're 50 50, you know, in on this and we'll give, you know, view it as if we're, you know, one unit and we both, you know, we contribute different amounts, but it's, it's not, it's not, uh, you're not slicing the pie based on your contribution percentages. So when you separate finances, it can amp up, you know, make worse those concerns about are we really equal here? Like, are they better than me because they make more money? Uh, are they, am I, undervalued. And those are common things often people don't talk about, but they're definitely they're normal. Uh, But what the question is, how do you how does it affect this? So I think when you pull the money together, it says to your spouse, we're a team, and we're equal, it doesn't matter that one, you make more, I make more, or you spend more, I spend more, we're going to view it as one either way. And so that's a non issue. And I think that helps Helps to establish more equality in your marriage. And I think the last big one I'll point out that is a good characteristic of marriage is just compromise. Compromise is not easy. It's, uh, you know, everybody wants to get their way like completely. Um, I'm guilty of that, especially I'm a very um, hard headed dude, <laughs> but it's something that you have to have in marriage is good compromise. And so when you operate finances separately, it's it's a lot easier to just kind of skip the compromise and just do your thing and operate how you're going to operate. And you don't get to work out that compromise muscle. It is kind of like a muscle. Whereas when you're combining finances, it's going to pull you together and it's also going to force you to talk through things. So for example, my wife and I had a uh, recent little project we did on the house and and it was we had to talk about it i mean it was like it's coming from one account and we had we had to talk about it and we had to compromise on what project we did first and how much we were going to spend on it uh it was all it was going to be coming from the same account we had to talk through it it was kind of like a forced compromise whereas it would have been very easy to just kind of do it and move on and and uh you know there's no there's not you're not gonna have to compromise. So when you start to really combine finances, I think on the front end you can often ask yourself, you know, you might think, well, does that mean I have to like give on everything? Does that mean I can't be myself anymore? Like am I gonna have to give up my identity and self and all that? I don't think that's the case. I could see that's that's definitely what you're gonna think on the front end. But really, in reality, you're not, you know, being forced to be identical to the to your spouse, it's more just like, you're gonna find your unique strengths and gifts and bring those to the table and share responsibility. And it's more of a divide and conquer setup. And it allows you to actually, it actually allows you to be better, I, th- I think, and and not it, it doesn't pull you down. And that that's definitely been my experience. So if we're if we're talking through this is kind of big picture, a lot of ideas, but I think I, I think it might be helpful just to start to look at what some action items might be. Um, if this makes sense to you um, and combining finances, pulling pulling finances together, operating as one unit, if that makes sense to you, we'll talk through some some action steps that, that might help you um, start to go down that road. Or, you know, maybe you're not sure and you can kind of try some of these out and see how it works. So I think the first big action step is this is especially the case if you are, you know, completely separate now and you're going to try to combine things. I think the first thing I would encourage is just you got to talk with your spouse, talk through the big issues and um, make sure you're kind of rooting out things first and Sometimes there's going to be some extra work required to get through some of those big issues before you really are ready to combine finances. So what I'm talking about, for example, let's say one spouse has some um, some bad, really bad habits and they've been ongoing for forever uh, and they haven't really shared it with the other spouse. That's going to oftentimes take some like extra work or therapy or a lot of conversations first before you just kind of throw it all in and combine things or maybe there's some income inequality and you've been doing it this way for a long time and maybe you don't feel like you're being valued as a stay-at-home spouse or lower income earning spouse and you ha- you have some like p- deeper pain associated with that a lot of times that's going to take you know maybe some at minimum multiple conversations and possibly like really digging into understanding that and making sure you work through that first before you just jump into combining finances. So first thing I would always suggest is is talk through the big issues like, um, you know, What is it going to look like if you combine finances? Why? What would be what are the reasons you have not combined finances in the first place? When you combine finances, what are going to be some of the issues that come about? And talk through those with your spouse. Make sure you can root out any of the big things first. Now, let's say you're you know, you've you've kind of moved through all those. Another you know, kind of a first entry level step to doing this is just having combining checking accounts, like. Ideally, you have you know just one checking account for everything, or one joint checking account for everything, like day to day spending wise, and you kind of get rid of all the little individual accounts. Maybe you have you know two separate, completely separate individual accounts, and you're just combining those into one joint account, or maybe you have a joint account with most expenses and, and separate accounts with some little stuff that you can have you know separate. What I'm saying is you're moving towards just having one checking account that is used for all the household day to day spending. And the key to this is without judgment, you're pulling it together, you know, without judgment. And I think everybody's at different levels of this. um, And this is also like a lifelong thing. Maybe you're on board with combining finances and you've been working towards this, but it's, you're kind of in the middle of that process. You can always take steps you know towards this and if you have that old individual account you've had for forever and you're just kind of hanging on to that maybe you throw in the towel on that and pull it into just running through your joint account. The third big thing I think you everybody can work on this is discuss you know ha- having regular conversations with your spouse about finances. That's always helpful and when you're operating, you know, completely as one unit, you're it's a, it's a little easier to kind of be on the same page. But um, if you're in transition, you can kind of make that a bigger topic of conversation is like, how are we going to continue to move that direction? And then when you start to talk about like bigger picture planning or goal setting or say you're thinking about like a big purchase, like, a, you know, new car or a big project on the house involving your spouse and like the planning and the goal setting and the priorities and all that is huge. Now you're not gonna always be on the same page, this is where compromise and all that comes into play, but you gotta start somewhere and in just involving, you know, making the effort to involve your spouse. Or if you're working with us, like having both spouses present, especially in like these conversations where we're talking about, you know, what's most important, where are you where are you going, what's what's how are we prioritizing goals? I think that's a big huge step in that direction of you know pulling together. And then as you're communicating and as you're talking, this is something, um, so it's easy to say, it's uh, it's hard to, to actually do this, but giving the other spouse the opportunity to speak and then listening. I say this, I'm talking to myself. I mean, it's, it's, it's sometimes difficult to slow down and listen and allow your spouse to speak, especially when, so I'm a financial planner and my wife stays at home with our kids and it's very easy for me to just kind of roll through financial stuff, but it's much better to take a time out and allow your spouse to speak and really focus on like listening and you know soaking in what they have to say because it's important. But the last big thing that I'll mention about as far as action items, maybe even compromise more often than you're used to. So this is the compromising thing is like a lifelong challenge. All of these are like lifelong challenges. You can't just like one day start doing all these things perfectly. I mean, it's impossible. So everybody's going to be working on these, you know, you're going to kind of be gravitating one way or the other for your entire life. So maybe on compromising, you're working towards compromising more than you have in the past. That's kind of like listening and giving your spouse the opportunity to speak. It's challenging sometimes to compromise and let, you know, give on certain issues, especially when you feel strongly about them. But try it out, like just, you know, maybe try out compromising on a big, bigger issue, like let, let it go. Um, That's a healthy, most people, I, I mean, most people struggle with this in not compromising enough. So I'm kind of going under that assumption that if you're struggling with not compromising enough, maybe you work on compromising more and it's gonna, your spouse will definitely, you know, it'll pull you together by doing this. Um, and I don't think, you know, it's, that's not gonna cause problems typically. So I think if you can work towards this, the the real benefits it's going to pull you together allow you to be you know a better version of yourself allows you to become less selfish learn to compromise it's as i've mentioned it's a definitely a lifelong challenge marriage in general and and finances really you're never going to be perfect but it's something every once in a while kind of take a time out and say how am i doing on all this work on some of these small things and over time it'll really you know start to you in the right direction all right guys thanks for joining me today and um hope this has been helpful and we will look forward to catching up again next time as always thank you so much for joining us today if you found this valuable please give us a review on itunes and share with a friend also check out our website at financeforphysicians.co for all sorts of additional content see you next time finance for physicians is not an investment tax legal or financial advisor